Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go beyond the numbers to find out. Welcome to Weaver's Beyond the Numbers Real Estate Podcast. I'm Rob Nowak, real estate industry tax partner with Weaver. And as always, I'm joined by my partner and often collaborator, Howard Altshuler, who's Weaver's partner in charge of real estate services. This podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Nothing said here constitutes any professional advice. If you have a question, call your accountant or even better, call us. Uh, you can go to weaver.com, find all of our content, live casts, webcasts, white papers, and more. That's weaver.com. Howard, today for a change, we have no guest. Uh, it's just the love of real estate that binds us together. <laughs> I, uh, You were on a webcast earlier in the week. Why don't you tell us a little bit about subject matter, who the guests were, tell us what happened there. Sure thing. And actually, the webcast was yesterday. It was one that Weaver co-hosted with Alter Domus. Uh, we had as our moderator, um, Cindy Rajesh, one of our partners in our investment funds practice in LA. Uh, the topic was real estate investing. It was pretty much from a funds perspective. Mm -hmm. um, my fellow panelists were Stuart Wood from Alter Domus, um, A.G. Winchester from Range Summit, and Charlie Kellogg from Singerman Real Estate. So we were, you know, talking about investing in real estate. And, you know, one of the things that came up in the discussion was alternative investment classes. So normally when we think about investing in real estate, most people stick with the four primary classes, mm -hmm. industrial, office, retail, multifamily. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so much more out there. As you're aware, there's a lot of real estate out there and a lot of different areas that are now going to be, that have become hot. Um, investors are looking to, to, to look at, different things and maybe chasing better returns. What are some of those other types of uh, asset classes, alternative asset classes that you all talked about? Sure. I mean, it's alternative, I'd say alternative real estate types because it's still sure. real estate investing. Sure, but sure. The things that we were talking about a little bit were life sciences hubs. Sure. We were talking about cold storage, okay. self-storage. Okay. Um, we were talking about our all-time favorite, single family rental. Yeah, a lot uh, and then of on course, that. Yeah. yeah. And then of course, data centers. Okay. What about um, medical office? You know, we deal with a lot of medical office clients and, and by medical office, I'm talking about surgery centers, you know, yeah. straight up doc offices, uh, ambulatory surgery, and even like rehab centers. What did you, did you talk about that at all? We just touched on it a little bit more from just the general medical office perspective. Didn't really okay. get into the various, you know, types of medical office. Um, and we also really didn't get much into, you know, senior housing or mm -hmm. student housing or anything like that. You know, the this, this single family rental is interesting. You and I have talked about it on a few podcasts. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting play, not, not just within the investment space, but also when you think about the service that it brings to home ownership, because you'll have those families that, you know, need to bridge a gap. They, they don't want to be in multifamily. Um, they want the feeling of being in a single family community, but they just can't afford to get there yet. You know, so that, that single family rental helps bridge some of that gap. But did you all talk about, some of the, you know, the challenges that investors might have in a scattered site, single family rental versus grouping all of those homes together into, let's say, one development. Did you touch on that at all? No, we really didn't get into anything, you know, that level of detail because it right. was more discussion in terms of what's, you know, what's hot and what are, yeah. what are 
you know, things from an investor standpoint, ESG, things like that. But interestingly enough, when you talk about the single family, um, I was listening to another podcast where they had a discussion about that. What? You're cheating on me. Well, I mean, it was a very well professionally done podcast, so I had to listen to it. Um, but they were talking about single family. And, you know, some of the things that they were talking about with that was the fact that a lot of the people who have single family rentals are people who want to be in a house, um, but they can't necessarily afford to, to buy it, whether it's a matter of don't make enough money, whether it's a matter of having bad credit. Mm-hmm. In some cases, it's a matter of having a great job and having great credit, but having so much student loan debt um, mm-hmm. that it puts a burden on them you know, to, to qualify for a mortgage. And what's interesting is one of the um, people on that podcast said, you know, everybody just about rents a house. It's do you rent it from a single family operator or do you rent it from the bank? So, <laughs> but, but, but one of the things that I think has happened, I was always skeptical of single family at the very beginning, especially when it first came out. And a lot of it was just because how do you manage a single family rental community or properties? Because right. you've got one here, you've got one there you've got one, you know, 20 miles down the road, how can you do that effectively? You know, obviously there's been changes with technology and portals and things like that, that make it easier to communicate tenants and managers to, to get things done. But also, you know, when you think about some of the trends where a SFR owner is going to buy a entire community of 500 Mm -hmm. houses, I mean, really what's the difference between having, you know, that and having a multifamily property, you know, everything's together. You just mm-hmm. have more space in between the units and hopefully less damage if something goes wrong at one of them um, because of that extra space. Well, yeah, and you have a, a management platform in terms of association management companies who are used to managing townhomes or condos, you know, whether they be multi-level or, you know, single level. Th- there already exists somewhat of a management platform and a model to accommodate that. So it kind of seems like it would be a natural transition to manage that type of property. Agreed. So what did you all or what have you been hearing maybe is, you know, what's the, the future of, of office and alternative uses of office space? Well, you and I have talked on earlier podcasts about, you know, what the pandemic effect will be and, you know, is work from home here to stay? Will we come back to the office? What did you all talk about in, in that respect or what are you hearing? Yeah, of course it came up because that's what everybody wants to hear is what's going to happen. Um, I th- we all came to the same conclusion that basically, office isn't going anywhere. Uh, The work from home isn't, it it is real, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, it's not as big as everybody thought. Um, People are still going to want to spread out more than what they have. As one of the panelists said, um, you know, the idea of a bench bench seat and you're sitting a foot away from your your neighbor isn't going to, isn't going to fly anymore. Um, So, so that's going to, that's going to help. I do think, you know, from an adaptive reuse perspective, we had talked about offices, you know, being dead and getting redone. Um, I think what you're personally, I mean, that's still happening, obviously. We see that mm-hmm. here in Dallas a few times. Um, but I think what may end up being more adaptively reused is going mm-hmm. to be retail. I mean, yeah. there's just still too much retail in the country. And at some point, we're going to have to figure out, you know, either either figure out a way to reuse it or knock it down. Right. I, with respect to what you said about office, I think I've got our podcast title, The Future of Office is Office. It's going to be remain. It's going to remain office space. Agree. I, I think know. that's very true, and I, I think people are actually starting to come around to that and, and realize yeah. that. Yeah, they're, they're not all office spaces are not just going to degenerate into to data centers or condo conversions or some other use. Yeah, We've all kept but, our heads and we're back in the office. Right, but and when you think about it, though, with a lot of these alternative classes, or I'm sorry, alternative types, 
it's you can't. I mean, you cannot, or you can, but it would be very expensive to turn an office into a data center because it's so specialized. The same thing for a cold storage. Yeah. The same thing for you know a self storage. So yeah. a lot of these are you know specific built for what they're being used for, which I think could be you know very very good from a return perspective. And I'm sure some of our podcast trolls are going to say, Rob, you just said uh, that folks are going back into the office as you sit there comfortable in your home office. <laughs> Today's well, the exception, I, not the rule. Well, I, I'm in the office today, as are mm. a lot of people here. Yeah. And, you know, I was at a um, real estate council event today, um, had, a, had a good crowd, um, mm-hmm. probably about 150, 175 people. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not the first event that I've been to recently, and people seem to be very comfortable um, getting back to normality, um, right. however that may be going forward. So we have about a minute left, lightning round. You talked about future of retail and repurposing of retail. What is it? Let's go. We got 60 seconds. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, perhaps you could turn retail into schools, like charter mm-hmm. schools or something like that. Um, perhaps you could turn retail, uh, gosh, maybe turn it into some type of self-storage um, type units. Um, oh, we've got last potentially last mile logistics. We've talked about that reverse right. logistics hubs where you have a return center. Yeah. And potentially even like governmental buildings with, yeah. you know, like a library extension. I mean, you see that mm-hmm. all the time or city hall extension oh, absolutely. or something like that. You know, one, one alternative use of retail that I had seen in another market is actually converting retail space, old retail strip centers to courthouse space, believe it or not. Yeah, you know, yeah. Instead of having your, your county courthouse in a central district, you're going to parse that, that those resources out so you can have courthouses and county services, more importantly, located closer to the actual constituency. So it remains to be seen. Uh, there's a, a courthouse extension near us that has a driver's license office and a tax assessor's office. Very convenient. So that's our show for today. Uh, visit weaver.com to download this episode. Find us on Spotify and iTunes, and please help the show grow. Like and follow us on LinkedIn. And for more thought leadership and podcasts, go to weaver.com. That's weaver.com. Thank you all. Thanks. Thanks.